Okay, super friends, it is six o'clock in the morning. Heather, what are we talking about? Purpura. Purpura, right? Exciting, right? Joe, what is purpura? Something to do with the skin. Something to do with the skin. <laughs> and okay. the blood vessels Great. underneath the skin. <laughs> what, what does purpura mean? It's like bruising, like this massive extensive bruising is kind of my idea yeah yeah so that's that's a good thing is uh and you're pretty right purpura in latin means rain right so uh so sorry means purple a purpura so most uh most of the times you see um you know adults or kids coming in saying that there's something going on with my skin there's this really weird rash and then when you examine the skin you've got basically bruising to it or what looks like bruising And the list of things that can cause it is actually pretty long. So thank you for a very complicated (laughs) medical minute, Heather. (laughs) But I understand that you had a patient with this, with a child, and it's actually a good thing to run through because there's a lot of things that are really benign that cause purpura. There's some things that are not as benign and we just need to follow. And then there's some things which are four alarm fires where a kid's got purpura, looks sick, and you know that that kid's going to end up in the unit and has a good chance of dying. So it's a really interesting uh, basic thing to talk about. So I like to talk about anatomy. I like to talk about physiology. And that's how I remember a lot of crap in my head is, hey, how does something work, right? So you've talked about it. What is purpura? Purpura is blood outside the blood vessel that you're seeing as a rash. It is blood under the skin. So when you get a kid or an adult coming in with purpura, you can think of it from the outside in. Okay. What's the most common cause of purpura that probably all of us have had during our lives? Scratching. Scratching, potentially. Or a bruise, right? We've all had bruises. We've all got hit with something, and we've got hit with enough force that you disrupt a capillary, or disrupt, disrupt a blood vessel, and blood comes out of that blood vessel. Your body stops it, and basically you heal up over, over the course of a few days. And that's a cause of purpura, right? So trauma. Trauma is a big cause of purpura. But let's say it's non-traumatic. Then you can think from the outside in. And if you think from the outside, you've got the skin. That's one thing. That's not going to bleed on its own. And then you've got the blood vessel, right? And if you think of the pieces of a blood vessel, you can think of the outside first and the casing of that blood vessel, Mm -hmm. right? So if it's a child and you're thinking of the blood vessel, sometimes there's congenital causes of that blood vessel bleeding. Uh, A common one of those would be Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a problem with collagen formation, right? Um, Another one that's acquired, and you see more often in kids than adults, is severe vitamin C deficiency. Because vitamin C is one of those things that's, that's needed to create collagen, that's needed to make the tube that consists of your blood vessels. That's something we see a lot more in the developing world than the United States. But for sure, if you have a kid who's malnourished, etc., you can think possibly of vitamin C deficiency. Okay. Now, if you go from the blood vessel inside, there's a bunch of stuff in there that, that helps you stop bleeding, right? So what are things in your blood that help you stop bleeding? Fibrin. Fibrin. Okay, great. What else? Platelets, great. And then you have all these coagulation factors, right? From your liver. Exactly, from your liver. These are the things that we give people who are on Coumadin to basically you know, help keep their blood thin, right? And an easy way to think of that is of bricks and mortar. 
So as soon as there is a tear in a blood vessel, you have to build a wall to stop the bleeding, right? So the platelets kind of form the bricks, and then all of that, all of those coagulation factors come together to activate a coagulation cascade. And at the end, you get a bunch of fibrin that's like mortar that holds all those bricks together so your body can heal. So a cause of purpura then can be, you know, we're all getting microtrauma to our skin all the time. Uh, we all have pressure that's going through these tubes. So if you're unable to stop even minute bleeding, you can get petechiae, which is fairly small, small points of bleeding, or you can get purpura, which is a big, a big source of bleeding. So you can have low platelets. And in kids, we see commonly low platelets can be secondary to something called ITP, right? And ITP is an autoimmune disease where your body basically attacks your platelets. So that's one cause of low platelets, especially in kids, but you can also see in adults. Okay? Other times you can get low platelets secondary to different types of infections. And viral infections can sometimes drive your platelet counts. And then other times you have congenital causes of either platelets that don't work or platelets that, uh, that, that uh, you just don't have that many of them. Okay. Those are more on the rare side, but still, it's good to think, what if there's something wrong with the kid's platelets, and that's something we can easily test on their blood. Right? The other thing is coagulation, coagulation abnormalities. Okay? So coagulation abnormalities, what's the number one? Let's say it's a Caucasian kid who's from Russia, right? Uh, whose family says, I think we bleed very easily for some reason. What does that kid have? He has hemophilia, exactly, right? So especially if that kid has a history of hemarthrosis, easily bleeding gums, etc., this might be a kid with hemophilia. Interestingly enough, you can actually have immune responses to coagulation factors, and you can actually acquire hemophilia or something very similar to it. So in all these kids, we should be testing their CBCs, and we should be testing what their PTINRs are, especially if it seems suspicious. Yeah. Um, there's other things that are, are acquired that we think of sometimes with bleeding that actually aren't congenital, that aren't a problem with the platelets, that are, or aren't a problem with, uh, with coagulation factors that kids get. And do you know any, any, any of these? Say it's a kid who just comes in, they were sick before, maybe a week or two ago, and now they've just got purpura on their lower extremities. Yeah, we see these kids sometimes. Yeah. And it's an acquired thing. It's often an in, not scarlet fever, but good thought, but it's, it's similar in that it's something that happens after disease, okay? And it's, it's HPP, Hemlock, or HSP, Hemlock Schloen Purpura, right? And in Hemlock Schloen Purpura, you've actually got an inappropriate immune response. You get the production of all this immunocomplement, which is IgA, and this stuff actually deposits itself within the blood vessel walls, and kids have bleeding outside of the blood vessel wall because of it. Okay. Now, we talked about some things that you should check in kids, right? CBC, you should PTINR coags, and then you should also think of other organs that might be damaged because of bleeding. And when we come to those, we think really of the kidneys. That's the big one. Right, because a lot of things that cause um, that cause purpura can potentially affect your kidneys, and hemolytic, um, you know, and hemlock uh, schloen purpura is one of those. So we worry about those kids that what if they have kidney involvement? These kids can sometimes go into kidney failure. So we'll often check a normal, basically, um, BMP to make sure that the kidney function as well. 
Now, most causes of HSP confine themselves to the legs. They go with gravity. Another thing that sometimes goes with gravity is complement, basically complement can get into the blood vessel wall also after medications. So sometimes kids have um, what's called leukoclastic purpura, which is they've taken a medication for a while. Their body has formed some type of reaction with that medication. That medication deposits into the blood vessel wall, and they'll get purpura from that, most often involving the lower extremities. So where the purpura is sometimes gives us a clue to what is causing it. Okay? So the other thing is, let's say this kid came in and he's had bloody diarrhea maybe a week or two ago maybe from a bad hamburger. You hear about this uh, a lot, actually, in outbreaks. Really? Yep. So what is that? What does that kid have? He comes with a purpura. A few weeks ago, he's had a bloody hamburger. You've been hearing about this maybe on the news. He's coli. Great. What type of a coli? This is a board question that we get in medicine. Disgusting E. coli. Disgusting E. coli. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's type, uh, it, it's got a type. It's like H... One oh fifty seven. I forgot what it's called. Yep, but but the kid, that kid has hemolytic uremic syndrome, okay, and it's one of the major causes of kidney failure in kids. Is this is this disease that they get mostly from E. coli H one O fifty whatever the heck. And at the end of this, I'll actually look up what that what that uh, actual pathogen is. But it's a specific type of E. coli. And this produces a toxin that actually causes breakdown of blood vessels that oftentimes occurs in the kidneys and that gives you um, a little bit like of a mini DIC type picture. And, and kids get purpura, kids get renal failure, kids get very sick from this. Okay? And those kids usually need to be admitted to the hospital. Now I'm assuming that these kids look pretty crummy when they come in. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep, great. So one of the things is if you do get a kid or an adult and they've got purpura, your question is how sick do they look? And let's get to the oh crap causes of purpura, right? Because there's this thing called purpura fulminans. And anytime you hear something called fulminans, it's pretty bad, right? <laughs> so let's say this person has had headache uh, and they're a college student and high fevers and they come in and they've got purpura and they're totally out of it, kind of gorked. What does that kid have? Meningitis, bacterial meningitis. Yes, bacterial meningitis causes purpura, right? Yes, Yep, so that's one of the big <laughs> that's one of the big causes of purpura that we really worry about is, you know, is a kid with potential fairly severe infection. Meningococcus can cause it, some really bad pseudomonal infections, you know, and that's purpura fulminans. Sick as crap, gonna go to the unit, gonna need resuscitation. Oftentimes that's happening because they're sick as stink. They're in DIC, okay? So DIC is disseminated intravascular coagulopathy, right? And that means that you've got some really bad inflammatory process. Sometimes it's sepsis, sometimes it's trauma, but it is basically a four-alarm fire uh, in your vasculature where things are being broken down, blood vessels are being broken down, platelets. You're using all your coagulation factors, and hence you can't stop bleeding, okay? So that can sometimes be a really a cause of really sick-looking purpura, as these people usually look sick, they've got bruising everywhere, and those people are usually not subtle presentations. Okay? Other, other things that cause that is things that we pick up on the CBC. Because okay? sometimes when you have 
kids or adults who have purpura, it's because they're not making stuff well. And if they're not making stuff well, it might be because their bone marrow is making the wrong stuff or infiltrated with something that's cancerous, right? So leukemia and lymphoma are on that list of things that might cause purpura, okay? So when you see someone with purpura, you can think now, okay, I know how to think about it outside in, right? Is it traumatic? Is it a blood vessel problem, which is pretty darn rare? Is it something that's with the coagulation factors with the platelets? Or is it something that's acquired that's making them more sick? And really the acquired ones are the things that are on our list that we really have to rule out, right? Uh, that includes things like Henlux lung purpura. Is there kidney involvement, right? Hemolytic uremic syndrome. Is there kidney involvement? How sick is this kid? Are there a bunch of other kids we're going to have to see that, that are going to come in with something similar because we've got a bad bug out there? Does this kid have leukemia? leukemia? Lymphoma. That's a result of basically, you know, um, that type of process. Now, will those kids look sick? Oftentimes they will. By the time that they start getting petechia and purpura, they'll oftentimes look sick. Okay? So there's some other really esoteric things that cause purpura. TTP is one of them. We see it a lot more in adults. Um, but I think that's a pretty good summary. <laughs> a, lot to, a lot to keep on your mind, a big list to go through. But you know the workup now. One, sick or not sick, right? right. Do we worry that they have meningitis, something really bad, a really bad acquired form, leukemia, lymphoma? If they're not that sick, well, what is it? Do they just have low platelets from ITP? Do they have something else that's acquired or congenital? And then the workup, check out the kidneys, check out their blood counts, check out their bleeding cascades. And if all those look good and the kid looks good or the adult looks good, then it's a referral to a hematologist for further study. Okay. Okay. Purpura rain, purpura rain. <laughs> any, any questions? No, thank you. Joe, okay, cool. Purpura, purpura bye-bye. Okay, friends, for you super nerds out there, the E. coli that causes HUS is E. coli O157H7. Oh, those are for your boards. Have fun. Bye-bye.